investment uh, in previous trainings uh, one of the one of the trainings that I'll do is called budgeting part one and part two and that's really it's about budgeting uh, your gross income uh, and, and a lot of people a lot of people don't know how to budget their own personal finances uh, and certainly maybe maybe don't even uh, definitely don't know how to budget for a business and that's what that is about and, and the budgeting part two is about uh, how to work yourself out of the field uh, so that you're being wise in doing so uh, compounding your investment is a little bit of a different talk and it's it's more the mentality of the money that I'm investing. Uh, what do I, what do I invest in to get a, a, a higher multiple on my investment? Does that make sense? So we're going to jump into that this morning. Jump right, right into it. Uh, let's clear some things up, and we're going to dive deeper into some of these points. Uh, first of all, you cannot save your way to wealth. You must invest to get wealth. Um, I, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll dig deeper into it a little bit, but uh, I grew up with a mother who clipped coupons, and God bless her. My mom uh, did so much with so little, and, uh, and, and we, we weren't the story of living in a car. She always had a roof over our head, all that sort of stuff. But as a kid, I remember thinking, you just clipped this 30-cent coupon uh, for across town. You're going to spend 80 cents in gas uh, to go save 30 cents on that, on that thing that you're buying. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it didn't make sense to me, but she made it work for her. Now, I wouldn't classify my mother as wealthy uh, financially, but I also wouldn't classify her as poor either. Like she's, she's been smart. She understands percentages and she understands how to save. Uh, but save doesn't translate into wealth. Dave Ramsey is a genius for the masses. A lot of people uh, I find these days don't know who Dave Ramsey is. And it, it always, I, I kind of chuckle about that. But Dave Ramsey is really on the forefront of teaching uh, average people uh, how to not be in debt. Uh, average incomes, how to, how to live within your means and how to budget and uh, so much of his stuff we've learned from personally. Uh, but also um, some of his stuff I disagree with because I'm a business owner. I'm not just uh, punching a time clock for minimum wage, right? So I, um, there's, there's some good stuff uh, and there's some stuff that maybe we don't necessarily need. Uh, number three, there are, and I'm going to dive deeper into these things. There are two categories of money in your life. There's assets and liabilities. Uh, assets put money in your pocket. I apologize if you're an accountant and you're like, oh, that's so much better than that. Uh, so much deeper. Well, uh, let's keep it simple. Assets are, are, are putting money into your uh, bank, right? Those are the deposits. The asset is making you money. And a liability, of course, is taking money out. So, um, if you had to get rid of one of those, which would you get rid of? Liabilities, of course, but you can't get rid of all of them. It's just a really good thing to understand what is an asset in your life. What what thing in your life is making you money and what thing in your life is costing you money? Uh, true assets create new assets for you and not liabilities. Uh, so if you had a choice of an asset making you money or uh, an asset uh, or, or the second choice of an asset making you money and creating more assets, which one would you want? Well, you'd want the second one, the one that, that is making you money and creating more things that are making you money. Uh, so that's what we consider true assets. For exa example, a team builder. Um, I, I, listen, nothing happens around here until somebody sells something, but I actually think nothing happens until somebody recruits that person and teaches them how to do it, and then they go do it. Uh, so it's it's 
It's the old adage in the sales industry that, you know, nothing happens till someone sells something. Well, and I guess maybe that's true, but uh, I, I really believe that the team builders are the heart of our business. Uh, yes, things have to be sold in, or, in order for the clients to get covered, in order for us to get paid commissions. Uh, but the team builders are the ones that are really out there expanding the borders and, and, and increasing the territory. Uh, those, if you if you want to know who I like to invest in, Fitz, do you like to invest in the personal producer that's doing forty thousand dollars a month in personal production, or do you like to invest in that in that person who's hiring people and getting them to ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a month in personal production? Well, initially, wouldn't it make more sense for me to invest in the producer? But I'm a long-term thinker when it comes to building my business, and I would rather invest in that builder who's, who's going to continue adding $10,000, $20,000 a month producers as opposed to that one person who's going to continue selling $40,000 a month, which I love, but I'm, I'm looking to multiply, not just stay status quo. Uh, and uh, uh, a, a rental property that costs you more than you make on it. Some people really uh, are excited and have been excited. And I've got friends who invest in real estate and they, they do well. And, and others uh, don't know what they're doing with it with real estate. They're investing in real estate. They're actually losing money on that real estate every single month, every single year. Uh, and that's not an asset. <laughs> they, don't, they don't see it. They say, oh, it's a rental property. It's an asset. No, it's costing you money. That's a liability. And we need to put that under the correct column. So just clearing some things up. We're going to dive a little deeper on some of these. Uh, save does not equal wealth. ROI is important to understand. Uh, ROI is important to understand. ROI stands for return of investment and return on investment. So uh, when you are investing your money, what you want to know is when do I get my money back and how much do I make on my money? Uh, what's my interest rate, for lack of a better word? What's my return? What's, what's that percentage I'm making on my money and how fast do I, am I able to pull my money out of that investment? It's important to understand that because from a, a business owner's mentality, you're not think, you, you have to think in terms of I'm investing. So the question is, when am I getting my investment back and how much am I making? And, and, and you have to clarify, like, I've got to invest in the things that are going to give me my money back and are going to make me money. I can't invest in things that aren't going to make money. Now, temporarily, if you're trying something out, maybe that's what you do. But you have to pay attention to that investment. I'm trying some stuff right now in recruiting, and I'm, I, I gave myself a 90-day deadline. Like, th we're going to go with this 90 days. We're a little over halfway through it. How's this working? What's, is, is, have I gotten my money out of it yet? And, and what, how much am I making on what I put in? I'm asking those questions of myself, and that's how I'm measuring if it's really working or not. Percentages work for you or against you. Percentages work for you or against you. If I said 28% interest, is that good or bad? I heard bad in the room. But if I'm making 28% interest, that's good. So if, but if, but if I have 28% interest on my credit card, that's horrible. But if I'm making 28% interest on the investment I just made, that's good. So percentages work for you or against you, and a lot of people don't understand that. They hear 28% interest, and maybe their mind is already thinking about, well, oh, that's on a credit card. That's terrible. But, but what if you can make 28% interest on the investment? Isn't that good, too? So you really have to understand what that percentage represents. How often does your money double in a typical interest-bearing account? The rule of 108. So divide 108 by your interest if it's a taxable account. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're getting... 1% uh, interest <laughs> on your CD, <laughs> right? Uh, let's go with 2% uh, interest on your CD. Uh, so 108 divided by 2% interest, that means if you're putting your money in a CD, it's going to take you 54 years to double your investment. 
54 years of investing in that, and that's in an interest-bearing account. It's the rule of 72 if it's in a tax-preferred account, like an IUL or indexed annuity or, uh, or something like that. So you look at, it's, you're not paying taxes on it right now. You're putting, it's got a tax-preferred, so 72. So that same 2% interest, if you're getting it on some sort of tax-preferred account, 72 divided by 2, it's better than 54, right? What if your investment in this business is just 108% ROI? It would take one year to double your money. So you're, we're paying taxes here. This is not a, putting money into your business is not a tax preferred account. But fits, I get write-offs. Those are write-offs. That's not. It's just you're, you're paying taxes. Okay. So if you had 108% ROI, now the question is, and I'll show you an example at the end. I I have a tough time actually figuring how much money I put in and giving you an exact return on that investment. But I'm I'm positive if I put a thousand dollars into advertising. I'm positive I can find somebody that's going to write some production. I get spread on that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive 108% ROI is kind of low uh, for return on the investment. However, what if all you were getting was 108% return? What if you invested uh, $10,000 this year and you made back that money plus more? That would take you a year to double your money. Is it making sense? That's, it's, it's the mindset. Uh, it's, a, it's a different mindset, okay? Uh, a lot of people come into our business with the... And I'm not putting this down. When I say this, it's not a, a negative thing. I employ people, and I think they have great jobs. But so many people come in with the job mentality of, I put in this amount of time, I'm supposed to get paid this much. That's a different mentality than a business owner mentality that says, I'm putting in this much time, money, effort, blood, sweat, tears, and I'm going to do it until it works. Like there's a different mindset there and you're, you're thinking more in terms of not exchanging my time for my dollars, but you're thinking in terms more of I'm putting money in and I may not get the immediate return, but it's going to come and it's going to be bigger than if I just traded my hours for my dollars. Um, every time I'm behind somebody slow driving, I can hear my mother. This is one of those things that, you, did you grow up and your mother said things or your father said things and they're just in your head now? Uh, and and you're, So my mom, every time I'm behind somebody driving slow that's in like a work truck, I'm always going, if they're driving slow, I go, that guy gets paid by the hour. <laughs> and I can hear my mom saying that. He gets paid by the hour. He gets paid by the hour. Why? Because it doesn't matter if he gets the job done. He's trading his hours for dollars. Whereas the person who gets paid by the job tends to drive faster because the faster they get there, the faster they do the work, the more jobs they can do, the more money they can make. Different mentality. And, and really, if you're going to build the business here, you have to change that mindset. But I will say this. If you invest 40 hours a week into this, it'll be the best paying job you've ever had. And oh, by the way, it's not going to be a job. It'll be a business. But but. It's, for me, it's a struggle getting people to put 40 hours of work week in, into this work week. And you would go do that at a normal 9 to 5, but you, you, you can't do it for yourself. Is what I, I always scratch my head with that and don't understand. And that's where I, every, I try different angles and different, different ways of getting people to do that. But, man, think about it. Put down the math and say, what if I invested 40 hours a week into this? What would my return be? What would that look like? It wouldn't be a straight-up you know, dollar for, you know, for hour exchange. It wouldn't be minimum wage. It would be a huge return. And that's the mindset I think you have to have in building any business. Now, how much can you invest? If it's 108% ROI, how much would you put in? If you knew that you were going to get your money back and make some on it, how much would you put in? If, if you knew that you gave me a $100 bill and I gave you back $200, how many $100 bills would you give me? 
when I gave you that, when, when you gave me a hundred dollar bill and I gave you back 200, would you give me back that 200 and let me give you 400 or would you keep a hundred? I did this example a few years ago with our kids, helping them understand delayed gratification of look, it, it just, it just makes sense that if you had a um, uh, hundred dollars, if I gave you a hundred dollars, you could, you could turn around and give me that hundred dollars back and I give you 200 or you could go take that hundred dollars and go buy a whole bunch of Hot Wheels. Which would you rather have? Well, a whole bunch of Hot Wheels. Yeah, but with how many Hot Wheels could you get with $200? The kids were like, oh, it makes sense. Yes, that's delayed gratification. That's knowing that if I put money in, I'm going to get money out, and it's going to be better than what I put in. You'd put in everything. You aren't the masses. I want you to understand you aren't the masses. I said earlier, Dave Ramsey is a genius for the masses. You, my friend, are not part of the masses. Paying off debt is important but not essential with your first commission check. De being debt-free is a phenomenal feeling. I'm just going to tell you, and you probably dream about it. I remember being in my 20s, waking up in the middle of the night, and it felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest, and I realized after I got out of debt that that's what that was, was it was the debt weighing on me, the pressure of what I owed weighing on me. And when we got out from underneath that, it felt so much better. And, and so I 100% I agree with paying off your debt, but... If you're in debt and you get your first commission check, going and turning around and throwing all that commission back into the debt is not going to help you build your business. Look, when you go, uh, any farmer understands this. When you have a harvest, you can't eat all of your harvest. They take some of the harvest, yes, maybe they eat it. They take some of the harvest and they take it to market and, and they sell it and get money for that. And they take some of the harvest and they save it for the next planting season or else they have nothing they have no future crops, no future harvest. So while I understand the, the, the mindset, I know I got my first commission check. It was $1,800. I thought, oh my gosh, how much is this going to help us out right now? And I realized through counsel that what I needed to do was take a good chunk of that and reinvest back into more leads so that I could then multiply my money again and multiply my money again. Same concept of I, I gave you $200 for that $100 bill you gave me. You can go eat that $200, but you didn't put anything back into getting it again from me. Does that make sense? And so you, you have to do that. Paying off debt's important, but not essential. Even worse is people who go out there at their first commission check and buy a new car. It's like, no, no, or buy a new TV, or, oh, if I can finally get that thing I was looking at getting. No, no, no. You have to take some of that harvest and reinvest back into future harvests or, or harvests, or you won't have future harvests. Smart to eliminate liabilities. Yes, and I will talk about this more, but it is smart to eliminate liabilities. It is smart to pay off those things that are costing you money. It is smart to get out of credit card debt. It is smart to pay off your house and pay off cars. All those things are smart, um, but it may not be the right decision now. So you kind of have to weigh it out. Would I be better off paying that credit card off or would I be better off taking that money and investing it in something that's going to get me a bigger return? See, when Dave Ramsey is teaching, and by the way, I can say it again. We've taught Dave Ramsey. I, I, I love what he teaches. He teaches very basic, good stuff. He's talking to the masses, the folks that probably aren't ever going to earn significant income by creating a business. I know, and people say, well, you haven't listened to his, his new thing that he's doing for entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's... Mm, it's it's not I, I don't I mean he's built a phenomenal business 
out of that. And I, I don't know that um, if you follow his system, I don't know that he built his business by separating his budget into envelopes and cash and spending that each week. I don't think he did that. Um, and so you, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. And by the way, Dan, Dave Ramsey also teaches you should uh, buy a 10-year term and invest the difference in a mutual fund that's going to give you a 10% return on your money. And that hadn't happened since like the early 80s. So some of his teaching may not be quite current. Paying off that $1,000 credit card that's maxed out, how many agents could you get for that same $1,000? Getting out of debt, again, I reiterate this, and it's getting obnoxious, but when things are repeated, oftentimes it's to make a point. So <laughs> paying off that $1,000 credit card, that's smart. But if I ran $1,000 in ads, how many agents could I get off of that? And how many sales could they end up making? And, and of those that, that, that are coming on board, how many of them know others that are even better than they are? And how many lists could I get? And how many referrals could I get from that? How many agents could I actually get with $1,000? And, and, and how much more could that return be than paying off that credit card. I mean, if you pay off a credit card, what, what are you getting back in return? 28%, right? Maybe, maybe if your credit card is charging you 28% interest, you pay that credit card off, now you're making 28%. A penny saved is a penny earned. I think Ben Franklin said that. So if you're not paying interest on a credit card, you're actually earning interest now. That's great, but I think our business has a better return than 30%, right? Putting $1,000 towards hiring agents is probably gonna get you better returned and paying off that credit card at 30%. How much money would that get you? How much more debt could you pay off with that money? And our personal example of buying a house. The first house we bought was in 2005. Um, and we, we uh, have always been conservative in purchases that we make. We, we try to be smart with that because, because we own our own business. And we know there's good times and there's bad times. We don't get paid just for showing up, right? I mean, we, we, the business has to be there. And, and, and in order to keep the business going, we have to have reserves. And all, Anyway, we've always lived below our means. Uh, to the best of our ability. So we bought our first house. Uh, I had just read Missed Fortune 101 by Doug Andrews. Good book. And uh, in that book, and it's, it's kind of a concept that doesn't necessarily work anymore, but he was talking about taking equity out of your house, getting an interest-only loan to do so, and taking that equity and investing in like an IUL, right? And so now you're, you're gaining uh, appreciation in your home and you're actually building or equity in your home and, you're, and now you, that cash is being used over here in IUL. So you're using that one ball of money into two different pots and they're growing, right? It makes sense. But what I got from that was I really like the idea of having an interest-only loan. This is in 2005 back when they still did those things. I don't think they do, <laughs> I don't think they do interest-only loans anymore. But we bought our house with an interest-only loan and our loan officer was one of those responsible loan officers and said, no, you shouldn't do this. I said, you don't understand. Uh, I, I want to do this. And well, your interest rate is going to be 6% on this interest-only loan. I don't care. I can earn better than that. My thought was the money I was saving on a monthly payment towards my mortgage, that if I could put that money into my business and get better than a 6% return, I was netting out to the positive. All I had to do was get a 6% return or better on that money, and I was at least breaking even. She still, she still opposed it. So we invited her to a Tuesday morning sales meeting. We had 85 people in that office that Tuesday morning. Now everybody's spread around the country. We had 85 people in the office that morning. She sat through a sales meeting. She came out and she said, I get it. I get it. I, I understand you're one of the few people that interest-only loans actually make sense, and we got an interest-only loan. To this day, we still have a mortgage, and people say, you have a mortgage. Why do you have a mortgage? Because our interest rate is so stinking low. I know that I can make better than that investing in my, if I paid off my house, what do I make? I'm, let's say I make 4%, 5% uh, on that money, but I can invest in my business and do better than that 4 or 5% return. It's, it's, a, 
it's a paradigm shift for a lot of us. Um, and and I'm, I'm not somebody who's necessarily in a rush to ever pay off my house. Uh, why? Because, again, you're tying up that capital and you could how much better return could you have gotten somewhere else? Final thoughts. Before I jump into that, I, I want you to think about this and I'll show you this example. But listen, a hundred dollar. Somebody was asking me yesterday uh, how much um, how much are leads? Right. And tell me about this type and that type and this type and that type and all these types of leads. And what am I what's my return on this and how much am I going to. And I said, listen, here's a general rule of thumb for every hundred dollars that you spend on leads. You should come back with a thousand in premium or let's just call it five hundred dollars in commissions. So if you give a hundred dollars into a lead program and get back five hundred in commissions, is that worth it? And the guy said, yeah. So we got a lot of different lead types. But I'm telling you, if whatever lead type we have, you put a hundred dollars in, you should get at least five hundred dollars back in commissions. So with that mindset, from an investment standpoint, how many hundred dollar transactions would you make into leads if you're getting 500 back every time? This is this is where it made so much sense for for me to buy leads when I was in the field. It made so much sense for me to run ads when I was in the field. And I'll show you this example. You may have seen this before in one of our other videos, but there's there's two different examples here. The hundred thousand dollar in rental property which again, excluding the West Coast for the rest of us uh, in the country, uh, yields about $300 per month in revenue. That's after you pay the mortgage and after all this. You better be saving that $300 a month net uh, because in Texas, you're going to have a, an air conditioner to replace soon. Uh, water heaters need replacing. You're going to have to replace that baseboard that got you know, some, some water damage done to it. I mean, you're gonna, you, that's, that's the return. Now, I, if you're listening to me right now and you are a real estate investor and these numbers aren't right, I got these from real, real estate investor friends of mine. So I'm trusting their experience with this, not mine. I don't invest in real estate. I just own my house. There's this other example, though. $140 per week in Craigslist ads. Now, everything is, is, is good and bad. I, 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 lately, I've been saying Craigslist ads aren't that great. And yet, yesterday I had an interview with somebody. Uh, a new agent came on board, ran a Craigslist ad, got some licensed responses. I recruited somebody off that ad. That ad cost like 30 bucks. And I got them recruited. They're going to be contracted today, starting training today, getting out there. This guy's going to make sales, no question in my mind. So $140 per week in Craigslist ads. The magic in this is doing it every week. It's not, I, did, I put $140 in. I didn't get a return on that. Every week is the example here, not once, okay? That should get you $7,280 over the course of the year. You're not coming up with that up front. So many people are concerned about hiring staff because, Fitz, i got to pay that person $30,000 a year. I go, yeah per year, not per payroll. You just got to make the money for payroll in two weeks. It's not about paying. Nobody gets paid their first year up front in, the, in a job. So you got to do this over the course of the year. That's 24 responses per week you should get. Are all of them licensed? No. Is that going to be every week you get 24? No. Some weeks you get five. You go, this sucks. I quit. Well, guess what? You're not going to take advantage of the consistency results. You're not going to take advantage of the rule of large numbers. You have a bad response rate and you just stop doing it. That's not a wise decision at all. Some weeks you're going to get more than 24. That's 1,248 responses in a year at that rate. That if you got one producer coming out of that knocking out $10,000 per month, or if that one person leads you to four other people and all of that accounts to be $10,000, that's a 10% spread. That's $1,000 a month income. Look at the math. Seven months. Remember ROI? In seven months, your return of investment is done. Now everything you're getting is gravy on top of that. $7,280 investment equals $1,000 per month return. Would you do that? 
Does that, does that, does that make sense to do? Yes, that's the game we're in. It's uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad talks about essentially buying a passive income. That's what you're doing, is buying that passive income. Now, this is where it made sense to me. This is uh, when we first moved to Dallas, Heather and I were putting $800 a week into newspaper ads. We didn't have money for that. We borrowed against credit cards. I was out there selling like crazy. She had a job. Like we were, we were doing what we could, but we, I knew the magic was in this every week. I knew the magic was in that every week. So we would run uh, Dallas Morning News for $400, uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram for $400, $800 a week, $3,200 a month investment. I got so many responses coming in off those newspaper ads, I couldn't handle them all. My voicemail would fill up at 60 voice messages, and I'd go in and clear it off on a legal pad. I'd call all those people and book interviews with them. By the time I dialed back into my, my voicemail again, it was full again already. It was insane. But I knew that putting that money in, I was going to get a multiple back. And so it just made sense to me. Does it make sense to you? I hope it does. Because that's sort of how the business works. To me, that's how any business works. I've never once heard a successful entrepreneur say, I, hadn't, I didn't put anything in. It's just like that. This company's offering me a billion dollars for my company. I never heard one person say that. They put money in. They put time in. They put energy in. They put effort in. They put tears. They put blood in. They, like they, they donated everything they had to it. They borrowed from their sister's boyfriend. They borrowed from their dog and their next door neighbor. And they, they lived in their parents' basement for 10 years so they could get the business up and off the ground. And that mentality is what it takes to build a business in the United States. The good news is it's available to you. You just got to do it. All right. I hope that helps. Um, if I can help you in any way in building the business or, or thinking through the, the compounding investment strategy or, or thinking through your own budget, let me know. Uh, I'll be glad to talk to you. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. If you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.